Hello and welcome to the Moving Curve. I'm Rukmini, a data journalist based in Chennai. Twice a week on this mini cast, I consider one question around the novel coronavirus epidemic in India. Tonight I'm asking this one. How can mathematicians help in understanding the pandemic? It's day 207 of the novel coronavirus epidemic in India and we are reporting 30,44,940 cases with 56,706 deaths. One of the running jokes through this pandemic, though it's a joke with a bit of an edge, is about how there's been an explosion in armchair epidemiology. Particularly in the beginning, when there was some amount of mathematical modeling to forecast possible pathways for the virus, what followed was a bit of pushback against mathematicians. The pushback was usually from epidemiologists. who were annoyed that anyone with an excel sheet seemed to be trying to predict how the virus would move when this was something they had spent their entire professional lives on while i understand where they were coming from i do think that mathematicians sometimes even amateur mathematicians were able to get through to the public in the early days in a way that few others were able to on march 10th a silicon valley app creator wrote a medium post called coronavirus why you must act now in which he did some of that same amateur modeling but it had a tremendous impact in terms of people realizing the urgency of the situation in india i've seen some very healthy and a few unhealthy exchanges on twitter between doctors epidemiologists mathematicians and others on specific points of debate in recent weeks few issues have been as contentious as sero surveys and infection fatality rates So what's happening is that sero surveys in Mumbai and Pune especially and to a smaller extent in Delhi and Ahmedabad have produced very high sero prevalence estimates. What happens as a corollary is that the infection fatality rate or IFR plummets. The IFR is the number of recorded deaths for a city or area divided by the total number of infections as estimated by a sero survey. The Indian sero surveys are producing extremely low IFRs. which is something i investigate in an upcoming article for india spend this is producing some heated debate because as with all covid indicators things that look good for india get uncritically supported by those on the right and those that don't by those on the left one of the people who i have seen intervening in a truly good faith way is the mathematician murad banerjee murad is a senior lecturer of mathematics at middlesex university in london and he's been looking more closely at the sero surveys and demographics of these cities to estimate what the real ifr might be i talked to him a little about ifrs and about intervening in pandemic debates as a mathematician the response to low ifrs when i've seen it presented in first by the icmr then by uh, the ncdc in their delhi um, sero survey press conference um there seems to be a bit of a hurry to Uh, first of all accept this low ifr and then ascribe to it um successful i mean attributed to successful government containment uh, strategies and um, given that there's no you know evidence of any particular indian exceptionalism to have done much better than say south korea at containment um it it seems like there's a bit of absence in uh, or a bit of a lack of searching for underlying explanations right now yes i would i would agree with that and i agree with your assessment that 
people are very quick to first of all take at face value these low values um, of, of IFRs that are coming out of these service surveys. Um, so not really to attempt to unpack them and to ask why we're getting these. And I think that, um, you know, to me, I think you can understand those low values through a combination of factors. And one of those is um, certainly the younger average age, the younger kind of population that you have in India compared to the countries where you're getting the you know, other high IFRs. One of the things Murad has been looking at in particular is age distribution. Let me ask you a follow-up to that, which is that, um, again, I've seen this uh, young population uh, or the demographic explanation used as a sort of full-stop explanation that this is that this explains low mortality rather than uh, decomposing um, uh, age groups to try and understand why outcomes might actually be worse than uh, should be expected for certain age groups. So the, the, the age argument too has not gone very far yet in India. I think part of the problem is that it's actually quite far, quite hard to get really granular data about, you know, the age makeup of people who are dying of COVID. So the kind of what the age brackets are. Actually, uh, Mumbai actually re releases quite good data on that. Um, but I'm not sure whether all the other cities do. And mm -hmm. the other thing which makes it quite hard is that it's not always obvious um, what age groups are actually being hit with infection. So whether infection is equally prevalent across all age groups. Mm -hmm. But if you make some assumptions, if you try to simplify things down and you say that, okay, let's suppose that Effect, uh, infection is affecting all age groups similarly, then you can start to look at infection levels and levels of fatality in different age groups, and you can start to ask whether some age groups are being hit um, harder than others, at least in terms of fatality, in terms of death. And um, when I did this for Mumbai, I think a very clear pattern emerged, which is that younger age groups um, so that in this case, that means 40 to 60-year-olds um, seem to be uh, actually dying from COVID at a higher level than expected based on European fatality rates. Whereas older age groups, in particular 70-plus-year-olds, at face value at, at least, seemed not to be dying as much as expected. And it was really this latter um, age group, the older people who appeared not to be dying from COVID at the levels that you would expect from European fatality rates, um, who were bringing down the fatality rate in Mumbai, at least. And I wonder, I, I've seen some analysis which suggests that something similar happened in Delhi as well. Finally, I asked him what it was like to be a mathematician in COVID times. The last thing I wanted to ask you was about what it's like intervening in uh, discussions around the pandemic as a mathematician, uh, because, you know, broadly, but also specifically when it comes to mortality in India, these have become very uh, charged and sort of polarized uh, discussions. And there has been yeah. a bit of, a, you know, some pushback in a sort of stay in your lane kind of vibe where the feeling is that using uh, maths and modeling to to think about what are expected 
or what would be predicted numbers doesn't make sense because you know uh, viruses don't behave in these sort of ways or there could be something uh, exceptional going on in india so i wanted to ask what what the, this experience is like intervening in this as a in public debates as a mathematician well that's an interesting question i know what you mean when you say that you know people there's been a pushback against that um i think that it's important for modelers also to be kind of humble and to say oh, yes okay yeah we are um extrapolating where there's it's educated guesswork let's say it's kind of mathematically based guesswork that's mm-hmm. going on here but at the same time it's got that potential to um add something which otherwise just wouldn't be there and i feel that that actually has been missing so one of the things which i've noticed i've looked at four sera surveys now and four cities in particular i'm kind of interested in cities um and their epidemics and so pune mumbai ahmedabad and delhi and in all four cases you see what appears to be a very sharp and strong pattern of dropping fatality rates and i'm kind of interested in using model to try to measure that to quantify it and to try to understand it as well so to see whether the times at which it happens these these dropping fatality rates start to happen whether they coincide with known events such as changes in the way deaths are being reported whether they coincide with other kinds of known events such as spread in a new area spread in the slums and so forth so you it's a kind of attempt to reconstruct the story of what's happening with the epidemic in different localities and that's where i feel modeling can be perhaps very very helpful um but yes of course it kind of because it's very charged particularly debates around mortality and are very charged at the moment um you're going to get people saying yeah you know um this is just guesswork just stick to the data for me i think every fresh set of eyes and feedback loop is valuable from doctors and epidemiologists and mathematicians to the many amateur modelers media scanners and science enthusiasts who have come at these debates from new angles thank you for listening this episode was edited by anand krishnamurthy on the next episode a new question <laughs>